0: Welcome to Pumpkin Spice Podcast. I'm back again with my good pal, Brittany High. Hey, Brittany.
1: Hey, Robert. <laughs> Why did <laughs> you call you Robert? <laughs> I was so thrown off that you called my name that I was like, <laughs> Robert. I
0: gotta say it back at you. <laughs> uh, let's keep this intro short. Uh, we have a no new more TV. No tangents. Got it. No, got it. Uh, you know me. I'm all down to business. Okay, tangent one. <laughs> Have you got your Halloween costume picked out?
1: Uh, uh, kind of. I mean, mentally, but not physically. How about okay.
0: you? Uh, no. I, I've i been growing facial hair for about a month just in case.
1: Just in case what?
0: I don't know. Maybe I'll get a wild hair to become like Paul Bunyan or something. That would be cool. If I could only find a blue ox. Yeah, Question about Paul Bunyan. Was Babe the Blue Ox also gigantic?
1: Yeah. Doy. Okay. Well, I didn't know. not hanging
0: out with a regular size ox. (laughs) Okay. More on Halloween costumes (laughs) and Paul Bunyan in a future episode. How about that? Mm -hmm. Brittany, we have a new podcast coming out in, in mere weeks.
1: I'm counting down the days.
0: The TV show show.
1: The TV show show. I can't wait.
0: Ten episodes, ten weeks. Of pure enjoyment. Uh, I had so much fun, and we should leave him with a clip after this episode. I'm down. So now let's get into this week's episode of Pumpkin Spice Podcast, where we watched The Curse of Chucky. Or is it just Curse of Chucky? Whatever. It's all the same, if you think about it.
1: Okay, welcome to Pumpkin Spice Podcast. I'm Graham, and as always, I'm here with... Hey, Rob Schulte. Rob, we're here to talk about the sequel to Seed of Chucky, Curse of Chucky. Wow, what an incredible film, from Uh, start to finish. From uh, 2013, so not too long ago. Yeah. And let me just start off by saying that um, before we get into any of the basic uh, details of the film... I want to say that I enjoyed most of this film. And I think um, Don Mancini, like his growth as a filmmaker from Seed of Chucky to Curse of Chucky is amazing. Like, um, yeah. I, I, yeah. Isn't it? I mean, it's it, like, Don, if you're, if you're listening to this, like, I don't. That it's, it's just, uh, save all thoughts till the end
0: of the, we have one more film. He could really shit the bed next week.
1: Maybe we shouldn't speak too soon, but again, the growth that I witnessed. That that speaks for itself. It's he's, I will go ahead and maybe add a new category here, Rob, that, um, pumpkin spice podcast, most improved player, Don Mancini. Don getting it. Who's it from? It doesn't say. You found him. Chucky's my friend till the end. Hey,
0: wanna play?
1: Can't we sleep in with you tonight? It's only a storm. Good night, baby. Sweet dreams. Don't forget Chucky.
0: It's a doll. What's the worst that can happen, huh? It's time
1: to play. It became apparent to me while watching curse of chucky that uh dom mancini may be a big fan of the Innocents*, this uh horror film from 1961 and oh
0: yeah so I they thi- remade that too didn't they i'm not sure if they-, they didn't remake it but that's based off of a play i think that yeah. i read in college i believe you're correct
1: and i if- might have even brought this up on the podcast before if, yeah, it's fantastic. And again, I think that Don might be a fan of this film. Uh, so, Don, if you're if you're listening, I would love to pick your brain about what what the inspirations for uh, Curse of Chucky.
0: This came out nine years after Seed of Chucky, so he probably had a lot of time to
1: reflect. I yes, um, I mean again. I got a question for you though, Graham.
0: I got a question. Okay, what changed from Seed of Chucky to Curse of Chucky? Like. Obviously time, but why was Bride and Seed of Chucky so much
1: different than this film? I think a lot of Seed of Chucky and Bride of Chucky were sort of played for laughs, where in Curse of Chucky, Don Mancini, and again, this is not a perfect film, but it's good. You'll have a good time watching it. Um, He develops a real mood and atmosphere. Um, it seems like he's paying homage to different horror films of the past. Um, and I, again, there's a real, uh, sort of tension and dread that exists in this film where the other films were just like, okay, let's get to the, to the kills and the, and the nudity or whatever. I guess there's only nudity in one film though, right? So far. Yeah. And that was Seed of Chucky, just to be clear. Yes. Okay. Um, I'm still trying to get over *Seat of Chucky*. Just exactly what are you trying to say? Again, call, I'm calling it people. It's a hot topic movie. If you're into those things, that's cool. Uh, I, I personally am not. Uh, but Rob, I'm interested in your take on Curse of Chucky* and also why you like it better than uh, *Seat of Chucky*.
0: Right off the bat, yeah, not perfect. A lot of things I can, or a lot of things I can be negative about. But that's every horror movie. This one was great just because it was such a break from what we've become used to with this series. Like, not every horror film. Every horror film has its parts that are a little odd. No, you every can't. You film, can't generalize, every film.
1: No, you can't generalize the entire horror genre. There are great masterworks I'm, I'm generalizing all films. What's all
0: that? films have parts that are not necessarily as enjoyable as other parts within the film. You don't think a perfect film exists? No, I don't think. I mean, I haven't seen one.
1: I could name like a hundred.
0: I don't think I've seen a perfect film. I've seen films that I love and films that I like, but I, I still think that there's like always a moment where something. I don't think I've ever seen a movie where I haven't thought about what time it is. Really? And at some point, if I. At some point in any movie, if I'm like, I wonder how long I've sat here, I'm like, hmm, they lost me for that moment. Wow. And I would say a perfect film is like when you are not taken away or out of
1: the moment at all. You you come from a theater background, Rob. Do you think that there is such a thing as a perfect play?
0: Oh, plays are even worse. No. Pretty much every single play I've ever seen has been not as good as the people on stage think it is. This is a good play too. It's like an Arthur Miller play, but it's
1: much slower. So when I make my film, Rob, and I invite you to the screening, um, I think it will be a lot like Amadeus where everybody's watching the king to see when he yawns. (laughs) And and if you get three yawns uh, during his screening, that means that your movie didn't make it. You know? Do I get to fart on a piano? Uh please. Uh, okay. Th- but no, this it actually saddens me. Um that you haven't found a film that you thought was just you could like you could watch it just over and over and over again and get total like enjoyment out of each viewing.
0: Well, I mean I mean I'm sure those exist, but I still probably don't think those films are perfect. I don't know. I'm much more of a casual watcher than you, too. So maybe I just
1: need to be educated, Graham. Well, I'm just like I'm just so curious. Um, Well, okay. Let I know that we're kind of going off into another path right here. But let let me just close this by asking, um, what's the closest film that you've watched that's come to perfection? Like, oh, dude, I don't know. (laughs) I couldn't answer that right now. Okay, we'll just say Curse of Chucky. For sake of argument, closest
0: thing to perfection. Curse of Chucky, Uh,
1: Um, that or Boogie Nights. Yeah, but Rob, I want you to maybe lead us into our cast because Curse of Chucky kind of works as a father-daughter movie. Uh,
0: It does, considering Brad Dourif's uh, biological daughter is
1: the lead of this film. Yeah, and they'll. I just want to say, like, I think Brad Dorff is, like, I always thought he was a cool guy, but now, like, I have a new father. Now, you
0: think he's a cool guy because of, like, long hair and.
1: The long hair helps, but also um, working with Milos Foreman in uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. See, I'm tying that back with Amadeus. Um, Being almost uh, a Tommy Wiseau figure.
0: Hi, doggy. You're my favorite customer.
1: The wig was a little out there, and we'll get in to this the film. Was, and yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll get to Brad Dorff's cameo in this film here in a second. But I, but you, were, but sorry, you were talking about Fiona Dorff. Yeah, I, I do want to say I thought she was great. I, oh, I, I incredible! Think the, I think the Dorffs are just darn good actors. And again, I just wanted to say I always thought brad was cool now i have a newfound respect for him as a father because you know screw that whole like take your daughter to work day he's like hey fiona you want to make a chucky movie together and she's just like yeah cool and it it, there i thought she was great in the film and i I just think it's cool that they made a chucky film together I, i guess that's what i'm the point i'm trying to make rob what did you think was going to happen in this
0: movie as you were watching it? Like, as you were starting to form, oh, I see where this is going. What did you think this film was going to be while watching? I really didn't know what to
1: expect, and I went into this movie cold. Same. And I remember my initial thoughts watching the film um, was that it was a shame that this never was released in theaters. Um, Because for probably a film that didn't, doesn't have a large budget uh, the production values look great and again Don Mancini is developing a style that I think I really uh, let's just say it's more cinematic than Seed of Chucky it's it's a real he's developing a, a real style is what I'm trying to say time to pull the fucking plug so you never actually killed Andy Barclay did you If you are a fan of the Chucky series, like you you watched the first one, but you haven't seen any others, and you're wondering which one to watch after the first one, which ones to skip, if you really just want to watch the best of the best, watch one and watch six. You should probably watch one, two, and then six. Oh, if you're going to watch two, then you have to watch three, because three's the one with the the gun and the kids.
0: Story-wise, like the whole point of this is, if we're talking storyline... You watch one, you watch two, and then you watch Curse. Because the foster sister pictures, all that sort of stuff comes in at the end. If this film would have not been straight to Netflix and Blu-ray, that it would have come out alongside Don John. You remember that film from 2003?
1: Uh, 13 with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yep. As well as...
0: Uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2. You know, Graham, I went to see Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs Part 2, and I was completely lost because I had not seen Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs Part 1. Oh, so were you you confused? Yeah, it was much like when I saw
1: Breaking 2. Well, September 25th is my birthday, so if I had to choose, what would be the... Well, it was September 24th, right? September September twenty
0: fourth. No, Don John Netflix. was twenty seven. So whatever that week that this came out. Okay,
1: but I I would have much preferred to watch uh, Curse of Chucky instead of uh, Don John or Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. I'm sure they're fine films, but maybe just not much. And and by no means is Curse of Chucky um, uh, a a great movie. It's a good movie. Um, it's just such a step up from seed to Chucky. That's probably why I'm praising it so much. Well, here, how about I
0: read the fresh-off-the-internet-movie-database storyline. This storyline, written by a guy named Sean. And if you're wondering, Graham, that's S-H-A-W-N. Gotcha. Sean says, After the events of Seed of Chucky, Nika, a young woman forced to a wheelchair since birth, has to regroup her sister Barb and her brother-in-law Ian for a funeral after the death of her mother. While dealing with Barb, Ian, along with their five-year-old daughter, Alice, Nika receives an odd package. A creepy doll. After people start showing up dead, the fearless Nika soon suspects that the creepy doll is much more than just a doll. Here's my thing, Graham. Sure. They had the perfect opportunity to make this like Child's Play 1, where you don't know, like the thing we keep coming back to. Yeah. Is it a doll? Is it the doll doing this? And then the moment that they have a chance to really make that pay off, in one of the best scenes, I think, in the movie, the dinner scene.
1: Oh, yes, yeah, it's, it's um, fantastic.
0: They show the doll arm putting the rat poison in the food. You didn't have to do that. But that sequence, though, of the dinner going to the table and then like rotating from above like a you know it's like a
1: barrel of a gun yeah that you're uh overhead 360 degree shot over the dinner tables yeah it's it's a little mini brian de palma you know
0: but they tried to make us like have a mystery of who's gonna die and it's like hmm could it be any of these main family members or the priest that's here out of nowhere
1: I think the f- scene still works to effect, but yeah, you're right. I mean, ultimately we know it's him that's going to get it. And boy, does he get it. And that's one of my uh, complaints with the film is that I think that the kills are over the top and uh, and don't fit the mood that uh, the dawn is set for the rest of the film. You know? Yeah. Why did we need to have the priest die in a car wreck? Well, I'm fine with that. Here's the thing. When they... So the priest is in a horrible car accident and his head is sort of through the roof of the car and it, and they need the, the jaws of life to save him. And they uh, take the hood of the car off him and you just see blood running down his neck. And if you would have cut there, it would have been a really effective scene. But what they did instead was was uh, have his head fall off and blood squirt everywhere and it takes away from that um, tension that was built.
0: Much like later when the uh, Ian character, the dad yeah, dies and they shoot off his jaw or whatever, it's like, well, we didn't need to go to that scene. He could have just died.
1: Yeah, and these are very fixable things because I would have just, um, right when he's about to kill Ian, cut away because... Uh, what happens after that is Chucky takes an axe and uh, puts it through uh, Fiona Dorff's leg. What's her character's name in the film? I can't remember. Nika. And Nika. And it's important to um, point out that Nika is um, uh, paralyzed from the waist down, so she's in a uh, wheelchair and she can't feel that axe in her leg. And she has to take the axe out of her leg and kill Chucky with it. And if they would have just cut away from Ian's death and focused more on Nika in that scene, I think it would have been a better payoff. Sure. There's a lot of uh,
0: missed opportunities in this one.
1: Good guy dolls were all the rage back in the 80s. My brother even had one.
0: So we basically have the sister rivals, the Chucky doll running around, um, some miscellaneous characters like the the babysitter, love interest.
1: That was a little bit... Of a stretch, forced, but it was fun. But it was I, an
0: extra body to kill, right? But so we have all this family dynamic, throw Chucky into it, and then you realize that it's an even bigger family dynamic because Brad Dorif had kidnapped Nika's, no, not Nika, Nika's sister. No. Well, uh, both, their mother. Yeah. When when she was pregnant with uh, Barb, Nika's sister, and wanted to create the family... Th- Through kidnapping, but he was also a family friend. And he looked like Tommy was so. Anything for my princess.
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, that's when the movie uh, goes off the rails. And it's a shame because last 15 minutes of the film, it's revealed that Brad Dorif, while he was still a human being, uh, kidnapped or killed Nika's father and then kidnapped her mother. While she was pregnant with Nika and her older sister and wants to have like this weirdo family thing. It's 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 odd. Anyway, while so while at the
0: same time practicing voodoo, yeah, being a serial killer on the side and hanging out with the evil other cohort from the first movie that blows up in the house.
1: Yeah. So the mother is kidnapped and she is pregnant with Nika and the cops pull up to the house. Charles Lee Ray is uh, inf- is furious with the mother, so he stabs this pregnant woman and makes the baby Nika paralyzed, which is borderline tasteless. Um and it's like it
0: reminds yeah. me of like the X-Men comics where they were like, "You know what? We've made Magneto too nice of a guy we're making our our fans side with the enemies and we need to bring in a new storyline that reminds us how evil this character is but they like totally missed the mark they made it too evil like we knew he was a killer and they said serial killer but he was like a to me i always pictured him as like a petty crook doing what he had to
1: do to yeah but like not afraid to kill Never in the history of Charles Lee Ray was it even hinted that he wanted a family, that he loved this woman that was married to this other dude and had children with him. Like it, it's um, it, it it. The made no sense. doesn't work. Yeah. Um. So again, this is not a perfect film, folks, but um, it is a step in the right direction. But yeah, the last fifteen minutes will have you scratching your head. Um, there there are some nice sort of tie-ins with the first film but again um, it's really in the service of nothing it's bizarre totally worth a watch though wouldn't you say if you liked the first film
0: Graham let me actually set up a scene for you if you don't okay. mind it's Friday you're at work okay and you're like oh yeah I'm so excited for the weekend and you know uh Joaquin from accounting comes over and he's like, Hey Graham, I'm uh, I think I'm gonna stay in this weekend. I think I'm I, I think I'm gonna probably watch a movie. I'm into something scary. What do you
1: suggest? Curse of Chucky, which would be the sixth in the series. Joaquin. Now do I need to do I need to have watched any of the others? Uh well I've seen one. I've seen two. Yeah, if, if you're into uh, Brad Dorf wearing uh, Tommy Wiseau-esque wigs and uh, kidnapping of pregnant women, uh, Curse of Chucky is going to be the film that you'll be talking about uh, all uh, week. I'll, I'll give it a week, I guess.
0: Great, because I was getting pretty tired of that uh, Jennifer Tilly character.
1: Okay, so yeah, uh, I guess we're talking about the the ending of the, the, the very ending of the film. There, there's a post credit scene, but before the post credit scene, oh, we, like right. you
0: think this film is going to end, Graham, and then they give us a scene of Jennifer Tilly at the post office. Yeah, uh, well, they don't even know that. We get a scene of Jennifer Tilly killing a cop who's trying to smuggle out Chucky, and then we get another scene of her taking Chucky to the post office. So, who's next?
1: One of the very last shots of Curse of Chucky is um, Chucky trying to take over Alice, the little girl from the movie, and I guess uh, that didn't work out too well uh, for Chucky, because in the post credit sequence, Rob, we have... We have Chucky being delivered to
0: Andy Barkley as an adult, his apartment in California, I'm assuming, where... As Andy's doing something else, you see a knife cutting through the box, Chucky getting out to, you know, claim his, his kill that he's been always waiting for, and as he turns around, bam, Andy's waiting with a shotgun, we cut to black, and we hear a boom. Now, we're left with an open ending, kind of, and I guess we'll only know where that's going to be next sure. week when we watch Cult of Chucky. Yeah. Something towards the end of every episode we like to do is I like to read a review from the Internet Movie Database, much like the Internet Movie Database Storyline. And I don't know if you've noticed, Graham, but these have gotten too long. Too long for the movies that they are. So I was not going to read the two pages of the IMDb review, but I chose a choice segment. Are you ready for this? Sure. Curse of Chucky goes places unexpected for a fifth sequel, and it betters any of the films that preceded it in the series. Chucky is meaner, nastier, and more patient, which allows for better horror. A solid story, one with flashback ties that support Chucky's choice of family terrorizing, and some after-the-credit scenes that tie in the rest of the series, complements the action and sets the stage for what we hope is the continuation of the franchise. Eh, maybe I missed something in the rest of that two-page IMDb review, but it seems like that person just wanted to write something because they wanted this film to be better than it was.
1: Sure, but didn't we all? (laughs) Um, But we'll see how the franchise, uh, the continuation of the franchise works out next week when we talk about Cult of Chucky, the final film in our October series. Woo, it's been a wild ride.
0: As everyone knows, they can leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's the best way to uh, move us up in the rankings. We really appreciate it. I know we're at the end of this season, but you know what? We gave you a summer series this year, and we gave you a a third season of Pumpkin Spice Podcast. Graham, it's been fantastic. And
1: stay tuned for some possible uh, Christmas horror films uh, coming down the pipeline.
0: We love it. Okay, Graham, I know you've got a big production meeting for your
1: uh, awesome film, so I'll let you go. All right, talk to you soon, Rob. We'll talk Cult of Chucky next week. Rob, until next time.
0: And now a clip from The TV Show Show.
1: The problem is all the women who don't get my jokes. Not There's no way that it's actually my jokes that are the problem.
0: Let's go to the leaderboard on that one.
1: <laughs> How many jokes did Chewie make that are actually just bad voices? Yeah. Yeah.